Hey guys, it's Jeff. I uh, hope you're having a great fall and uh, are greatly anticipating uh, Mana Season 8 coming up here uh, in the next couple of weeks. But hey, in the meantime, I wanted to um, draw your attention to this very special episode of uh, Grip, which is another podcast that I'm very blessed to be a part of. And uh, this is a really special episode that I wanted to make sure to share with all of our MANA listeners. Um, Todd and Chris, uh, our co-hosts of GRIP, uh, had a chance to meet and interview uh, Chris Stefanik. And uh, for those of you who follow uh, Christian Catholic uh, media and readings and speakers and just overall influencers, uh, you've heard of Chris uh, Stefanik and, uh, and, and Todd and Chris uh, had a chance to sit down with Chris Stefanik, a lot of Chris's on this one, <laughs> um, a couple weeks ago. And uh, this, uh, this episode of GRIP, uh, which you're going to hear in the next couple of seconds here, is just a great example. And, you know, it's obviously a great example of, of GRIP and, and what the guys talk about with those four elements of, um, of uh, getting closer to Christ um, but it's also a great example of manna in the sense that, uh, you know, Chris Stefanik, you know, he's a, I mean, he's a big deal. You know, he's very well known uh, around the world. Uh, he's got a huge following and he's really taken all of the blessings that God has bestowed on him and he's done, he's done everything he should be doing with it and more. And yet, when you listen to this conversation uh, with the guys, you hear uh, just an overwhelming sense of humility and um, ordinariness, uh, and, but very grace-filled. And uh, and so in that regard, you know, whether you're super famous like Chris Stefanik or super not like Chris Gestelk, <laughs> that was for you, Chris, uh, I think it's just a really inspiring um it's inspiring to hear guys like like these guys that you're going to hear next uh, talk about their faith, talk about their families, talk about their friends, a lot of Fs there too. Um, and so anyway, just wanted to make sure you, you all had a, a chance to hear it and uh, looking forward to you hearing more of manna and hearing more of grip in the next couple of weeks. So in the meantime, enjoy. Hi, my name is Todd Johnson and I'm here with Chris Costeltz today to welcome you to another episode of Grip. We have a special guest today, Chris Stefanik. Chris is an internationally acclaimed author, speaker, television host, and he's devoted his life to inspiring people to live a bold, contagious faith for Jesus. Chris is the founder and president of Real Life Catholic, a nonprofit which operates as the headquarters for Chris's various initiatives. Above all, Chris is proud to be the husband to his wife, Natalie, and father to their six children. The episodes of GRIP center on the four letters of the word GRIP. And we don't want to be in the world's GRIP. We want to be in God's GRIP. So let's get started with our special guest today, and let's get a GRIP. Start the way we did the because we can cut this out. But what, why don't you start the way you did when we started well, working, I, working I, out? I mean, I'm looking at Chris Stefanik. He, he takes off his sweatshirt. I'm like, brother, 
You're still working out, huh? The nicest thing one guy could say to another. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I'm like uh, glad I'm keeping my jacket on because he's got some arms that... Uh, what do you think this vest is for? <laughs> yeah. you know? I, I actually recently interviewed Dom Rosso, a Navy SEAL, and it was humiliating. I, I put my jacket back on. Okay. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that would be uh, elevating the bar for sure. That's, yeah, man. But I, 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 I have to. I have well, All the time on the road, uh, I mean, I, and I'm giving all these motivational talks, and you know, I can't... Uh, you know, to have if, if my gut is just pouring over my pants, I'm like, let me tell you how to live your life. <laughs> it doesn't is, work, but but it does take some discipline. You got to have that scheduled in. Yeah, and and it, and it is. I don't think it's vanity, but it's ministry. Yep, it's a big part of the motivation. That not not just appearance, but I I want to have energy in front of people, and when and I and I also I got to practice what I preach. Right, sure. I, I wrote I wrote this book about living joy, and one of the rules is uh, is to exercise and engage your body in the battle for joy. And a lot of people talk about theology of the body, and it's always in relation to, to sexual intimacy within marriage. And it's like, no, 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 it's it, it's there's a whole thing going on here that's beyond that. Yeah. And a big part of it is is fitness, yeah. and I, I I do it more for my brain state yeah. than my ability to. I don't know, fight bad guys away from my children. <laughs> Although that's that could come in handy, but that can't come in handy. So do you? Are, are you a solo? Like, do you work out? Do you work out with your wife? Do you have a buddy you work out with, or is it just, just hit or miss? I just throw weights around. Okay, and, and I constantly change up my my exercise routine yep. so that I don't get too bored. Okay, but you're doing it pretty solo. Solo, yeah, traveling. yeah, yep. And if, if I if I get a half hour in four days a week, I'm pretty happy. Okay, that's pretty big. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and there's times where I've gotten a lot more. Uh, I, I generally hate cardio unless I'm punching something or okay, note wrestling to someone. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep the civil, Mr. Yeah, Stefanik. Yeah. Glad we've got about, what would you guess, five feet between us here? So that's a pretty big I was region. doing boxing and jiu-jitsu for a long time. That's awesome. And that, that was crazy good cardio. Does your wife keep up with you? So-so. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that she, was, she, she, she was, was the men's podcast. She won't be listening. That's right. No. Uh, and she, this has been this is one of the reasons I, I wrote wrote about that in that in that book is is the witness of what it did to her. Uh, she had a she has suffered some pretty intense winter depression, mm -hmm. uh, and she started working out in the winter, and it literally just went away with, with no meds. Praise God. Uh, which is not always the case. I mean, there's no shame in meds if you need meds. Amen. But but uh, you know what? I noticed that, and I, and I started researching it. And there's a lot of studies that back up the fact that for a lot of people. Uh, exercise is medicine. It's as effective as uh, as taking meds for for a lot of people for depression. Again, not for everybody. Amen. But, but it's it has such a profound impact on her that yeah, for for mental health, man. I I just and I notice the difference, dude. I'm with you 100. percent Right. Yeah, clarity. Yeah. yeah. During COVID, when I was having a little, little mental struggle, like the first thing they said was stop drinking caffeine. The second thing was are you working out? And I was like, Oh, uh, yeah. Once a month. Um, you what, know, like, what evil person told you to stop drinking caffeine? Uh, both my psychologist <laughs> and my doctor. Well, he's, I guess I'll back <laughs> off. He's still doing it. He's, he's still you, good. We noticed the decaf coffee. Yeah. Although morning. when I was in Rome, you can't help it. You give, they put these little cups of little delicious joy in front oh. of you and you just can't help it. And I, then I, I, I order gave, it that way. What do you order it that way? That's I'd you, like a cup you, of joy. <laughs> you know what? There is probably some Italian name for it that means that. I don't know. I gave yeah. up coffee for Lent once, and then I realized that I was becoming everyone else's penance. <laughs> so, <laughs> for sure. So did, you, did you ever do XS90? 
I never did do the cold shower part. Just uh, See, I everyone says out. that. That was my favorite part. No. Oh, God. straight up. Because as soon as like I would get up, I'd get in the shower, and I knew what my day was about that day. I'm like, all right, today is not about me. Because God, if it is, I, I would change this thing. You know? Decaf coffee and cold shower. I'd take cold shower. You don't look at me. You don't think that guy's disciplined. You know, like, but yeah, I but don't know. Chris, as caffeine drinkers, I'd take cold shower over no coffee. I would too. Okay. So we're, 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 no question. We're singing out of the same hymnal. Yeah, that, that. that yeah. was a like, would you rather. Yeah, exactly. Would you rather? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, you guys planning your Lent right now? <laughs> yeah. Is that, Ooh, <laughs> let's not get carried away. Um, <laughs> so, hey, we're so excited to have Chris Stefanik here with us today. And, uh, you know, for some of you new listeners and maybe for some of the listeners that have heard this before, we're here to talk about grip. And it's really two, two roads that we look at. We're looking at, um, what, what the Holy Spirit has put on this, uh, on my heart and what's been brought forth is, you know, either being in God's grip or in uh, the world's grip. And obviously uh, our, our hope and prayer is that uh, this, this podcast gets you to just grow closer to Jesus, to be in his grip. And the, the four letters of grip represent something. So uh, when you're in the world's grip, uh, the G, the letter G stands for, you're going to go it alone. When you're in God's grip, you're going to be purposeful by joining a group. So being in a small group study, a Bible study, an alpha project, whatever it may be, but you're in a group. When you're in the world's grip, the R is standing for whatever you can read as it relates to social media. I'm going to read my my Instagram, my Facebook, my CNN, my Fox News, whatever I can get my hands on, that's what I'm going to read. In God's grip, the R is standing for reading his precious word, his living and active word, uh, his Bible, his word. So the I in the world's grip, it's pretty self-explanatory. It stands for I. It stands for me. I'm going to invest in myself. It's all about me. But in God's grip, the I stands for I'm going to invest in the kingdom. The proverbial looking at my checkbook, looking at my calendar, am I investing my time and my money? God does not need our money. He wants our heart. So are we investing in a way that we understand who owns it? And last but not least, the P in the world's grip stands for pride. At the end of the day, I want to build my resume because it's all about my pride. And in God's grip, the P stands for prayer, how we can get alone with God and not until we're not alone anymore, how we can know how to talk to the Father, how we can know what he says in Matthew 5, that, you know, go into your room and shut the door and pray and talk to your Father. And those four letters spell out grip, being in a group, reading his word, investing your time and money for his king, the kingdom purposes, and knowing how to pray. I love that. How we can get alone with until we're not alone anymore. I actually didn't come up with that, but thank you, uh, dear. I, I heard you that once. Claim it. Just tell, <laughs> I actually just... heard that once from a 15 year old girl on one of the mission trips we do in Mexico, where she said, "Get alone with Jesus till you're not alone anymore." I was like, "That's Whoa. incredible." Yeah, because that 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 speaks to the the battle of prayer and like just keep leaning in, keep yeah. fighting for it, and and uh, and because it takes me. There's a lot of days where I just if I don't do that hour, solid hour in the morning. You know, 40 minutes to hour. I'm toast, man. The whole day mm. is kind of shot. I don't waste enough time with Jesus, so I end up wasting my time on everything else. Mm. Um, but if I'm rushing it too much, <clears throat> I don't I, I don't leave prayer having really rested in his presence. Abide in me. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm going to hold on to that line all day. That's incredible. So, I, And it kind of relates to just, I mean, it, there's a similarity to the workout, the physical, yep. and then the spiritual, and the mm. spiritual through prayer. Yeah, yeah, Paul you talked just, a lot about that. I just got, we were just talking earlier. I just got back from Rome, and there's so much uh, of the the Renaissance art relating Paul's sort of like workout mentality to the spiritual life, and mm. then the the bodies of these beautiful frescoes, right? And mm. it was just it was an interesting thing that struck me when I was there about what's what's your spiritual 
health look like in regards to like how much time you're putting in mm-hmm. and how much willing you are to like sit at the foot of Christ and receive what you need. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of that would come down to, do you think that you're worth that time? Do you oh, think yeah, that you, sure. taking care of yourself is important enough? And, and we think we're being selfish when it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a dad. I got a lot of things going on. It's a ministry, but it's also a, a, a running my own small business basically, which yeah. is an all consuming thing sometimes. Um, and if I don't spend that time, uh, I'll leave people around me with this most burned out version of me, which is not loving, hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But if I, I try to be present to all the duties so much that I just sacrifice my own spe- spiritual, physical health, there's, it's the most selfish thing I could do yeah. is, is, is not spend time on me. Mm-hmm. You right? said at the beginning there about men not, not thinking they're worth it or not thinking, like, do you think that's a major issue for men that, like, oh, yeah. oh I, can't, mm. it's, I can't invest in myself because I've, I've got to give to everybody else or I'm not worth it, you know, sort of a false humility in that? Yeah, I mean, why do you think most men's groups are like, at like four in the morning? You know, because we don't have time, right? And, and because you're not entitled to that time. Well, you're going mm. to work, so you better be home to take care of everything else. Oh, that just put it in a different light. Not entitled to that time. That's right. Yeah, that's like awesome. I, I could. Most guys think they're not gonna. They, they shouldn't give a prime time in their day to their brotherhood. Yeah. Uh, and again, if you get up before sunrise for your brotherhood, praise God. You know, I'm not trying to make you feel bad for that. But uh, the, a lot of guys feel like that's the only time that, that because they're not worthy. Uh, mm. th- so that they have to get together before before the sun rises. And um, no, we, we have to. This is got to be prime time, man. And, and, you know, there's stuff that has to be done. There's, there's going to be stuff that has to be done to the moment you die. Yeah. Mm. You know, the floor is dirty. It's always going to be dirty, right? But but more than that, that clean floor, your 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 family and the people around you need a happy dad and a and a rested friend, and we forget that. Hmm. We forget that that should be an absolute priority. Hmm. Yeah. So you're speaking to grip there that time with with uh, with, with the brotherhood, right? And you already talked about prayer. Uh, which of these four do you think really resonate with men? I mean, you you travel the country, you talk yeah. to a lot of a lot of people. Um, of these four, what do you think is is most helpful in a man's life? Oh gosh, they're all so dang helpful. And by the way, thanks for the, the focus on that, mm. because there's so much in Catholic ministry land that focuses on hot button issues mm-hmm. or uh, deeper academic formation, and those things aren't bad, right? You know, I mean, we we kind of need to be able to respond to the issues of the day, and we need to to get you know have well formed minds and spirits but more than all that i need to be able to get up and know how to just be a human today <laughs> right and 99 of my life is about you know just lord help me just be a little happier and follow you and represent you to the people around me right now um <clears throat> and that's why chris if i can just interrupt yeah, you on please, that, that, man. that when when i look at people in my life that's where i think i shared either when we started this or even when we were talking before is people in my life that are demonstrating and it doesn't mean we're always on the peaks there's still going to be valleys but people that are demonstrating a you know the John 15 5 being mm. connected to the vine mm. they they demonstrate those four things they're like oh yeah I'm in a small group and yeah. definitely know my word and my money's not mine I know who owns it and and my yeah. prayer time and we might struggle with those different letters but, but the idea is application and that's what I want to do is give Men and women application, like here's something you how can to. do. How to, exactly. Right, and and uh, and I don't know how we've lost this as a church too. I, we're, we're the most, honestly, I think we're the most blue-collar religion in history with the most white-collar leadership sometimes. 
where it's like people are like, dude, just help me do the thing today. For sure. So anyway, thanks for that focus. And so you're you're saying what, what's resonating most with guys today? And I love the, a, the ADD nature of some of these conversations because like, <laughs> like, no, I, I, I know right where we you, are. Yeah. I know where we are. Yeah. Like, there's a thread that keeps going all around. Yeah. It's like, oh, come back. Yeah. Um, that's a hard question. Yeah. I think guys are tragically lonely. I agree. I think it's literally toxic. I think it's it's killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, men bump shoulders with other men, but don't know other men, and they're not known by other men. Mm-hmm. And so we wonder where all this dysfunction in people's lives come from. Uh, not just, I mean, we, it's easy to look at like bad clergy news over the past 20 years. It's, it's every man, though. Mm-hmm. And, and every time one, someone falls into something uh, that's perverse. I think the journey to that began with you stopped talking to people. Mm. You stopped talking to people about what you're going through in your heart. The temptation grew into an oak tree because from a little acorn because you, you let it because you, it was it was in a little quiet corner mm. and you're not honest with anybody. Uh, so I, I think that that um, I think that's an end for renewal for men and for renewal for the church if we lean into actual fellowship. Amen. Amen. So let me let me hit in your life. And when you think about, you know, times in your life where you've been in a group or you've got you've got to know Jesus through his word, you've invested your time or money, prayer, any one of those four things that have especially resonated in your life or that jumps out to you going, yeah, that was a that was a pivotal point. Mm. Yeah, I think I think men's fellowship has been a pivotal thing for me in the past in the past 10 years it's become more and more important. Hmm. You know, I, I get together in a in a disciplined way once a month with a couple other guys. Uh, and uh, so I have two different small groups of men. Okay. One's with those men, and the other is for couples. So I have about three other couples that me and my wife get together with once a month as well. It doesn't take much time. Here's the thing I'm saying, like once a month, well, I'm too busy. Right. Do you have time for bacon and coffee <laughs> once a month? And that <laughs> once a month for a couple hours, or even an hour and a half, it is life-changing. It really is life-changing. Uh, and it doesn't have to be complicated. We're so good at complicating things. Like you, you can use a resource. That's great. And there's lots of good Catholic resources, but they're all a crutch. Yeah. Just get together. It's really interesting. My wife and I are in two different couples groups and one of them we just started and there's six couples. Four of the couples have never been in a small group together. And, yeah. and it's just been so fun <laughs> to be front row. And they're like, this is great. In fact, the best compliment we got, we're meeting every, uh, every other Monday. Yeah, and and one of the women said, "My only complaint with this group is we're not meeting every Monday." Praise God! Exactly. Yeah, but they just had to do it. They just had to schedule it. Yep, and so much of it when you're together comes down to the question, "How are you doing?" And it, which is it sounds stupidly obvious, but for guys, you could spend like a a, a week with a, another bro camping or hiking or, or hunting and come home, and your wife's like, "How's he doing? How am I supposed to know how he's doing?" Well, he shot Wait. a huge buck. It was a really good trip. Yeah. That's happened. I, you just played four hours of golf, and you didn't get an update on the kids? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. the kids are good. Yeah, <laughs> totally. He played really well today. His yeah. putting was yeah. amazing. Yeah. And there's there's people who meet for Bible studies for 20 years and don't actually get to know the people they're with. It becomes a study group. That's not fellowship. Mm. And, and the study group's important. But it, all it takes is a little bit of extra leaning into what's going on in your heart, in your life. How can I pray for you? That kind of question. So the group I meet with guys, we, we literally go over, how you doing? Like, so, and it's not just, you know, how are the kids, which is an easy out. For sure. It's, it's how, are you, how are you really doing? What's going on in your soul? 
Uh, how are you growing? What are you struggling with? And then how can I pray for you? But I mean, that could take up an hour and a half right there with four guys. Mm-hmm. If you had time for a, a, a resource, fine. Or if the resource it needs to be the excuse for you guys to get together to study some resource, fine. But make sure you sandwich it with how are you doing? How can I pray for you? And the, that's not just personally renewing. That's I, I, I obsess on this stuff in my ministry. What's going to renew the church? This is a, a key to renewal in the church and in the world right now. And the evangelical churches that are outgrowing Catholic churches, it's usually not because of great preaching. It's usually because of small group ministries. Hmm. Uh, this one church in Southern California, Saddleback, during COVID grew from 6,000 to 9,000 small groups. Wow. Is that Rick Warren's? That's Rick Warren's yeah. church, yeah. yeah. And I'm friends with some, some good people there who, yeah. who help push the small group renewal. And, and, and they're not sitting back waiting for Rick Warren to do everything for them. They're just fellowshipping in their homes and if they meet a new person, they don't say, come to church with me. They say, come to my house. So, so and I yeah. like to be positive on this stuff, but I am going to ask, why, why aren't we good at that? Why is the evangelical church getting it and yeah. the Catholic church isn't? There's a lot of reasons. I think historically we're kind of clericalist, and I'm not saying that that's our priest's fault. I think it's most people are clericalist. And there's something beautiful about the experience of being a Catholic in insofar as even when my brain isn't engaged, I can sit down, buckle up, and I'm on a roller coaster every time I sit down at Mass, mm. and I leave, and I've gotten the grace, whether or not I, I showed up entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- there's a great gift in that. Mm-hmm. I go to confession. I just, I, I'm on the ride. It's doing it for me, you know, and it's, and life's hard enough. So I'm really grateful for the help. <clears throat> but, you know, the drawback of that is, uh, is we can get lazy sometimes mm-hmm. and not own the fact that, you know, what's the church? <laughs> it's, uh, it's us, man. For sure. Yeah. Amen. So let's say there's a guy listening well, to this podcast right now um, and he's like, like, Obviously, his life has changed because of this podcast. And he's like, I want a group. I'm moved. I'm motivated to do it. My neighbor's not that weird. Um, and what's his next step? Like, does I mean, obviously, before we've said, oh, go to your church and just ask. But there's a lot of churches that are like, oh, yeah, we don't have anything like that. You know, like, yeah. so what does he do just to do it? Like, what would you say to that guy? I got two ideas. Um, one, I mean, th- there are resources out there to make it easier to start this kind of thing. It's not about the resources. I got to be real clear on that. And it's not the resource isn't even totally necessary. But it does help. You know, so I I'm I'm in the the biz of creating some of these resources. <laughs> right? So uh the search I uh, have this thing called Living Joy that I, it's free. It's uh, well, it's sold, but if you text the word Joy to the number four four one four four, it bypasses the paywall. Don't tell your friends. Okay, we'll, we'll keep it between we'll us. Keep it Don't do us that. This podcast. Don't text Joy to four four one four four right now. <laughs> no, please do and share it with everybody. But it's uh, it's videos with eleven small groups. So I get covered for eleven months. But here's the the thing with those resources is, and I I have no problem telling people this. It's not about the stuff that I poured myself into with content. It's about, here's an excuse to say, hey, I got this program. It's like 11 weeks on how to be happier. Do you want to meet once a month and just go over it? There's some small group questions. That just made it easier for you to broach that awkward conversation of, let's be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For sure. And then there's the other uh, approach, if you feel up to it. And this is how a buddy of mine, Jim Beckman, 
uh, started a small group with me, you know, seven years ago or so. I don't know. And he just he just called me. He's like, look, I, I just I want to I want to uh, grow deeper with some friends. Mm. I want to be intentional about our friendship in Christ. Mm. Can we meet once a month and just spiritually check in? And that's how he, he opened the conversation. And, and I was like, OK, let's let's do that. And here's the thing. Guys are afraid to have that conversation and make that invitation. They feel like they're getting a little too intimate. You're going to find that when you say that, the person you've asked is starving for it, probably. Yeah. You've heard the example of all of us, like, especially like at church on Sunday, you know, how you doing good, how you doing busy, whatever. But yeah. the example of us being like ducks, like mm. on the surface, oh, I'm good. Everything's good. But underneath, oh yeah, the legs are kicking like crazy. That's a great image. And if I could only tell you really what's going on, it might it might actually scare you to ask that question to me next time. And right. So, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's funny you say that about just needing needing an excuse almost to me. And I had uh, I really wanted to start reading uh, more Aquinas, and I didn't know how to start that, like because I felt like pretty inept and like just picking up a book. I don't know. So uh, I got a book for Christmas. Uh, Ed Phaser, like an introduction, whatever, which was not an introduction, but that's another story. <laughs> and uh, and uh, my buddy was like, uh, my buddy's wife actually was like, hey, do you know any books on Aquinas? I'm like, well, I just got one. And then I was like, hey, friend, do you want to read it together? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. just then, do it. And then it blossomed into like four guys doing it. And we did that. Then we started confessions. And then we eventually just became a whiskey club, kind of, um, to be honest. <laughs> no whiskey judgment. with Aquinas. What? Whiskey with Aquinas. Exactly. Move over well, pints. I know. Well, we did that. Actually, we, we did uh, we did church fathers in between because we're nerds. And but most of the session was like, OK, everyone read this week. Yeah, was it good? OK, how are you doing? You know, like mm -hmm. it really, like you said, turned into that moment um it was beautiful and chris throwing cigars awesome. and i'm in okay <laughs> done that's right yeah, for sure so um do you think so this is a tough question so you think of the grip yeah what are we missing you know can i can i give the example of what you said chris <laughs> yeah. goes well, i'll tell you what we're missing it should be grips you're missing the sacraments Okay. <laughs> yeah, grips, grips sounds weird. I don't know. Like, I don't know something about yeah, it. Grips. Yeah, you got to be in God's grips. God's grips. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, well, I, I would encompass you know, your prayer. I would encompass the sacraments and, right, and the right. prayer experience. And uh, I don't complicate it, man. Let's keep it grip. G-R-I-P. I yeah. mean, you got it. Because those are those are four actionable, measurable things. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so let me, let me, and, and I'm going to. And a lot falls under each category. Exactly. You know, when I just because, you know, you bring up the evangelical church. So I got to go there for a second with, you know, there's there's a local church here in town that when they do a collection or a second collection, yeah. it, it's it's sometimes seven figures. Wow. Yeah. And, and they've got 11 or 12 campuses, but they but but, you know, it, under the eye, you know why? You know, that's another thing within the Catholic Church, too, of just how do we increase the, the giving? Um, I yeah. love sharing with clients about who owns it, capital W. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of it's just being educated because a lot of us don't understand what the word teaches. Yeah, I, I, as far as giving, I, I don't think we have a, a giving crisis as much as an asking crisis in the Catholic Church. <laughs> Bam. Because <laughs> most people just, the basket goes around and I don't know what I'm giving to. I don't know where it's going. Yeah. Mm. Uh, or there's like a one sentence description of it and they're all apologetic. And then some people are uh, are out there thinking, oh, every time I go to church, they ask me for money. That's actually not true. Right. I mean, here, here's the weird thing. Uh, people fixate on things and then they that's all they hear because it bugs their conscience or maybe they worship money. So you just, you know, I was not I was fine with all the Jesus stuff. You just touched my God mm -hmm. when you asked me for mm -hmm. money. 
So now I'm angry. So then the priest is afraid to make people angry, so he yep. doesn't want to go there. Uh, or, you know, I get it all the time. Like, the church is obsesses on sexual issues. And it's like, dude, I, I've been to Mass my entire life. I'm 46. Maybe, like, five times I've heard the priest really talk about <laughs> uh, sexual ethics. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, it's all they ever talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we get, you're right. We get it in our head. <laughs> yeah. And then, therefore, we just run with that. If you touch someone's false idol. Yeah. Serving the proverbial... Uh, uh, can't think of his name right now that runs Man in the Mirror Ministry, but serving the God you want versus the God who is, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like, well, I'd like to serve in the God who, uh, the God I want, right? You know, because it's because yeah. now it's according to me. That's where the pride, the P, in the world's mm. grip falls in. Um, I, I will make a comment on the the investing part is that you know having owned a well, God owns has allowed me to own a financial planning business for almost thirty years. Our happiest clients are the ones that give the most money away. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that an opposite of what the world teaches? Go, yeah. go watch TV. You're going to see commercials. Just go tune into a game tonight of all the stuff you need. There's supposedly. A, there's a lot of, um, and I love this format for your show, by the way, just talking about grip. You could you could ride this for a long time. Bring it, brother. We hope I so. love that. so yeah. cool. <laughs> Thank you. Um, oh, well, thanks to the Holy Spirit and yeah. God. Amen. Amen. And squash. Yeah. And squash, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, there's been a lot of studies done on this that... Um, that making more money does not make you happier and it's proven it's not you know money does not buy happiness if you keep it it buys happiness when you give it away for sure uh, there was one study done where they gave a lot of people a bonus and six months later checked back in with everybody the people who bought a jet ski um look, it, it does buy you some distraction it does mm-hmm. buy you some fun uh, they weren't actually happier though the people who gave it away were happier and this is true up to about um the amount that it takes for you to have a you know, a warm house and food, right? You know, so they they're estimating up to about seventy grand or so in income a year. Uh, money is is you know if if you're if you're not making enough to just literally be comfortable and safe, it, it does impact your your happiness level, right? Yeah, for sure. Over that amount, it doesn't matter if you have another dollar, a million dollars, ten million dollars, a billion dollars. Like you're like, really, Chris? No. It literally doesn't increase your happiness meter by a single inch. Amen. Unless you're giving it away. I uh, a quick, quick tangent to that, and we'll give these kids grace because they're they're teenagers. But um, I, I have a new uh, advisor I've added to my practice, Tanner, and and we were at his wife. His wife teaches at a local Catholic church or a Catholic school here in town. And last week, she teaches a financial uh, planning elective. And we went into the classroom last week. And again, we'll give these guys grace, these men and women grace because they're they're teenagers. But it's causing me now to want to ask the question to just clients because we asked that we started off the class and asked the question, what are three things you can do with your money? Everyone got the first two. You can spend it or you can save it. <laughs> what about you can give it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just in a, like we got to teach our kids too, right? If and, the goal is happiness, which is, is the goal behind everything that we or do. Or joy. Yeah, the, uh-huh. if it's joy, if the, if the goal is joy. And that's that's what we're created for. We have an insatiable desire for it. Uh, we need to be intentional about connecting the dots. And it, it, the, the you know our, our, our first response is so, frankly, dumb. We have to start informing our own hearts about where it should go. Because mm-hmm. to say, I just want, I want to just invest more in, infinitely... It would be as stupid as your 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 stomach saying, "I just want to eat a lot of dirt. I just want to get full of just more stuff," and it's not going to work. It's like, no, no, my heart. You you you, you want to be happier, which yeah. actually is the reason you started this whole thing, right? 
get excited. I have to remind myself of this too. Um, the uh, I, I, I've written a couple books that have sold really well, which I have gotten me larger checks than I ever would have thought in ministry land. Mm-hmm. And I'm not actually rich, rich. I mean, you work with people where they invest money, but but it, you know, in, in ministry land, <laughs> you know, it's all relative, right? For um, sure. But I've gotten checks where it's like, you know, I, I'm excited about well, where can I go on vacation with my family this summer, and I have to tell my my own brain. Wait, pull back. Yep. Get excited about what first. What can I tithe to? Exactly. What can I give to? And like if I, if the goal is happiness, uh, because that's that's the path there. Let's get stoked about about that. I I still remember when I had a client whose husband died prematurely, and she was right away. How do I tithe on the the, the insurance? How beautiful. Exactly. That's beautiful. where do you think she's programmed into, right? Yeah, and it's it's that that top ten. The first percent goes to God. If our first thought goes there, then our our thoughts. Yeah, right. Isn't that a cool thought? I love that. Uh, Because, like the example I just shared with myself, it was actually my my second thought, because I had to remind myself to practice what I'm preaching here. Uh, But wow, what a sign of holiness if the first thought is that for sure. So I I'm asked the same question asked about group. Like some dude's sitting down on his computer to look at his stuff, or is opening up his phone and look at Mint right now. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I like, give uh, not very much. What do I do next? Like, how do you do it? Like, I mean, it seems obvious. Maybe it's maybe it's dumbly obvious, like uh, just write a check to church, go to find a charity you want, like go just go give. Like, but how do you do that? I'd share that uh, for a couple things. First of all, just having the concept of, you know, don't trust what we're saying. Yeah. Look at what the word of God says. And, you know, there's a lot of my favorite quote comes from Second Corinthians eight, which is when Paul's talking about being excellent in all these things, be excellent in what you you know, and that's what we do in the world. How many goals did you score? How much workout did you get in? How, what were your grades? Paul says, be excellent in our giving. So let's just try to get our heart centered around that and let's cool. be in prayer about it. But also, and I'll give the example of myself, as I take an inventory every month on written paper. Yes, I'm archaic. I still use pen and paper. <laughs> but I take a written inventory of where are we at for income for the year and where's our giving at? It's written down. And that's what I, it comes back to a lot of this stuff that we can apply with schedules and grouping and reading and prayer. But but the investing part is if, if we're not writing it down, if we're just like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll hope to give. I'd like to do something, but if it's not purposeful, so my encouragement would be sit down, take a look at what you're giving and think about the fact that God, again, does not need your money. He's wanting your heart. And I found that when you can trust God with your money, you can trust him for anything. Yeah. Amen. So, Amen. so that would be one. Any any other thoughts on that? No, and, and I like to be excellent in it. Um, get excited about it. Look into what you're giving. You know, th- th- Really put thought into it. Uh, I mean, you can just write a check to your local church, and and frankly, I think that you should, you know, maybe half your tithes just be going to your home parish, you know. Mm-hmm. But whatever you have left, and you know, tithe, I, I we try to hit ten percent. But if we if you make more, you can give more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not amen. Cap. Yeah, <laughs> I know people who reverse tithe, and they're working to ninety percent. Now these are very very wealthy people. I but, I know those people too. It, yes, it's a, incredible it, man. And I'd carry that off to not only the investing the money. But what about your your time? You know, Father Mike Schmitz has talked about, are you available for interruptions? Are you scheduling things that are for the kingdom? When we do, um, for I'm going on my 13th mission trip to Mexico in a Praise few months. God. And thank you, amen. Praise God is right. And we're taking 204 people on this next trip. Wow. 
And every reaction we get from people back is like, I just felt so alive. And it was because it wasn't about you. Mm. You were, it was about you giving of your time. And there's two wings of the plane when we're on giving our time. And I would encourage anybody that's investing for the kingdom because people go, what do you mean investing for the kingdom? You can give someone water, you can give someone food, you can give someone shelter, but that's one wing of the plane. You got to give them the gospel. You got to give them the love of Jesus Christ. And that's the second wing to the plane. And that's where... If you're investing your time for the kingdom, you're mindful of both of those things. Oh, man. I just got chills thinking about that. Because the, the, the happiness people experience on a trip like that, they're waking up each day with the big question, how do I serve today? And then they look back on their day and think, wow, why was I so much happier? And the whole point of a trip like that is you, you can have that mindset every day. It's not easy. No. Because you're in the grind and you feel like your day is dictating everything to you. But internally... It doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to be passive recipients of the day. Hmm. Internally, you can do what you did in that mission trip every day and wake up and say, you know, I have a good friend who every morning kisses the ground and says, Servium, which is the opposite of the devil's motto, non servium. Hmm. I will serve today. That'd be a good tattoo. We're gonna get, let's get tattoos after this. Done. Wow. I'm in. Wow. You got right. one, Chris? I do. Okay, I so you already got one, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Wait. I will say, too, if I could just chime in yeah, on that, you don't have to go to Mexico yeah, yeah, you know, you got we got neighbors right down the street, right yeah. in our backyard, and that goes back to one thing, Chris. You were saying is, you know, we are all pretty darn, we're pretty rich, you know, and yeah. I'm not just talking money, just everything available to us. If you're listening to this, right, that means you have a device. That yeah. means you probably have a monthly payment that is more than the average person makes in the world. Oh yeah, in a year. So when you don't do mission foreign mission trips, you forget that fact. Yep. For sure. You, you go to Haiti, and if, if you have 100 bucks in your pocket, and you gave that to some dude on the street, you just covered him for four months of his life. Think about that. Yeah. Like, you're literally a king as far as it's just the average income. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah I just want to emphasize something that, that uh, Chris just shared about starting the day with that mindset and, like, re really, like, focusing on how can I serve today versus how can I just ride the wave of my life. I think that sometimes, especially men, I feel, feel almost enslaved by their, their choices in their life. You know, like I have to go to work. I have to do this. Like they, we don't think of our whole life as a choice mm-hmm. and to really, if we don't feel like we have a choice, then we can't really be intentional behind it. And then we can't give it away cause it's not ours. But if we do give it away to Christ, if we do have a choice within it, if we do believe truly that we have free will, like well, then we have to, we have a choice every morning to make this decision, right? It's not just about the stuff that we do. The stuff that we do supports a change in mindset. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's about changing your mind. I mean, Jesus started his ministry with a word that's mistranslated as repent. And it's a mistranslation because that, that just means to us, leave your sin, which you should do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but that's part of something bigger. The, the word in, in Greek is metanoia, change your mind, meta your noia. Uh, and St. Paul tells us in, in, in Philippians 2, you know, put on, have, a, have among yourselves the same mind as, as Christ. And when he talks about being a servant. And in Romans 12, 2, you know, be transformed through the new renewal of your mind. You know, what mind are you bringing to things every day? We do mission trips. We, we have this time of intense prayer, all this stuff, so that, that we have a different mind in everything we do every day. We want the mind of Christ. Mm. And that flows all the way back through up into our identity, right? Like how do we think of ourselves? Mm. And, um, it's kind of like identity, (laughs) mind, 
action, right? And I think the world, and we talked about this thing in the last podcast, the, the world is really backwards. Like what you do is who you are. And, yeah. and God says, no, 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 no. I, I have made you, you are mine. You belong to me. You're my beloved. And our identity is found in him. And out of that identity, then we have to choose our mindset. And out of that mindset, then we choose our behavior. And Dude, I, I wish we had another hour and a half. We could talk about <laughs> identity. Ooh, I know. So much flows from the wrong identity. Yep. How we talk to ourselves. Yeah. So, and you're right. Maybe another time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, from I'm, your I'm, lips I'm totally to God's that, ears. Man. So, so one thing I want to dovetail into is, is you know, and, it, and the word comes from Hebrews about how we spur one another. And, and I think people listening to this may be like, you know, I'm doing, I am in, I'm in a group or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But my, my brother isn't my, my, my neighbor isn't my friend isn't. And you had an awesome visual for me because for years I, I have a dear friend, a spiritual mentor, Tim, who gave me a visual of, you know, Hey, if your brother's house is on fire, you're going to tell him. You know, yeah. and hey, buddy, you're, and that that can be very offensive because someone might say, well, "Who are you to tell me my house is on fire?" You know, right. but I don't win in that deal. But I loved your your example you gave recently about, hey, if you're on American Idol, and you know, you we've all seen it. We when my kids were little, we used to watch it, and you know, the proverbial the person that's just terrible, and the judges are like, "Have your parents heard you sing?" Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, because <laughs> and what you you struck me to the cord with your with your comedy you said, how is that going to look before the judge? Mm. Like what we're doing today, how is that going to how is that going to play out? So how mm. can we spur one another without coming as judgmental, without coming as better? How to be really honest in fellowship? Thank you. Yeah, because yeah, that's a that's a great, a great way to, to land the plane, of. Chris. Thank you. <laughs> right, that's a great way to to think about it, man. It, it, that that example of American Idol, like like really, no one told you that you couldn't sing. You are no terrible. one told you that. Yeah, and they thought they were being nice by not saying it, and we confuse love with niceness, mm. and love is not nice. Jesus was not nice. He was kind. He was gentle. He was love, but he was not nice. Mm. And niceness is about me. It's about my preserving my own comfort zone, hmm. because you might get an emotional response from someone when you're actually honest with them. Uh, but if I love someone, I'll take the heat of that emotional response. So it really, literally, just requires courage. Mm-hmm. It requires me choosing to push past the fear of what your emotional response might be if I'm honest with you. Hmm. It's so hard for yeah. us sometimes. Yeah. Courage is hard. Yeah. So that's you're giving me something to actually pray about. You know, just yeah. I've, I do I have courage to share that with my neighbor. Yeah. Well, and even in that example, right? Like the judges asked, "Did your friends or your family?" You know, like, and I think sometimes we feel like, oh, to do this thing, I just got to go up to strangers in the street and tell them they don't know Jesus. You know, like, right, right. rare. Like, I think you you said this earlier. Like, we're net, we're almost never gonna have that moment, although. Maybe sometime we will, but and who knows where things are going. Maybe we'll have to start doing it. But uh, most of the time, it's with the people who we already love and who love us. And and how to sit down and have that real conversation, or especially in these groups, in this brotherhood, like you need to grow relationship. You need to accompany that other until you get to the point where you can really look him in the eye. Uh, I had a, a good buddy in, in high school, Kevin Pelker, and he and I once once a month <laughs> would stop on the way home from movie or youth group or whatever and sit in the car and be like, I want, I need you to tell me what's wrong. What's mm. wrong. What's wrong with me right now? Mm. Like, tell me mm. what's, what I'm not doing well. Hold tell, the mirror up, hold the mirror up. And it was like brutal. And we were very brutal with each other. Um, wow. and it was, it was really helpful as a human being and, and to grow spiritually. 
Wow. Um, it that was kind of honest sharing is, is a, it's priceless. Yeah. Movie. And, but I like, I'm, I'm not going to sign up for it anytime soon, but you know, like it's, cause it's, ba- it's sometimes it's painful to hear. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. My, my wife and I sometimes, uh, are able to do that in a way that is very helpful and holy. And mm-hmm. I just feel so blessed in my, my marriage relationship that we have that. Um, but I'm, I'm not, kinda, not every man does. No, you know? no. And I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of over, um, I don't know. I, I just, I'm over, I'm over it, man. Like I, I want the straight, just punch yeah, me right in the please, face. For yeah, sure. Right. If I, if I go to therapy, if I'm spending a hundred, 150 bucks an hour on a counselor, I can't stand when it's like, dude, you went to school for all these years and you can see what's wrong with me. Don't do this whole thing where you're waiting for five years for me to figure it out as you've been taught to do in school. Just tell me what's wrong with me right now. <laughs> Don't beat around the bush. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we shy away from that. And I, I got this years ago. I'm doing an alpha program right now. But there, there's an example in there of um, how we shy away from like rules and, and like yeah. refs. Like think about a football game without refs. Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of that same thing. Like, no, if I'm if I'm breaking the rules, you got to tell me because that's the game is meant to be played with order. Yeah. And God has given us that order in, in life. That's it. I go to confession. I get, people are like, yeah. I'd be afraid to go to Padre Pio who could read your soul. I'm like, dude, sign be, me up. Be heaven. Yeah. yeah. Do the work for me because I'm sure. too stupid. Yeah. And I pray to God. I, I often like it's a slightly scary prayer. But I'm like, Lord, show me my hidden faults. Show me what I'm not seeing. Mm. Save me from the snares that I'm about to walk into. Uh, and he does. <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you pray for. But amen. <laughs> but you, you're right. It's coming back to being real. Yeah. And would you rather be uh, be fluff on this? Well, that's one of the big obstacles to fellowship. We're afraid of being real, even with the door shut and with the Lord. Hmm. Why are we afraid of that? That comes back to identity. But who knows us best? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're afraid to be real if we're afraid that ways we've failed sums up our identity. Yeah. So we can't be real with ourselves. We can't be real with God. We can't be real with each other. Uh, and it comes down to that identity flaw. That It's a performance-based love with ourselves. So it's a bad circle then because we keep going then, well, I'll just do stuff to improve the, the, the wretchedness that I am. So I'll go, I'll go on a mission trip or I'll write a check, but then there's no relationship. Yeah. And I'll do stuff because I'm living out of a flawed identity that my I, that my worth is tied to accomplishments because maybe my my relationship with uh, leaders in my life or my father or whatever was flawed in that way. I, I've met so many people it looks like they're working their whole lives for the approval of someone who's not there. Mm. What a waste of energy. Yeah. And mm. Again, back to identity. Like, do we really trust that God loves us and has us in his grip? And if we, if we don't believe that, well, then we're going to constantly grasp for something ourselves and this is this is adam and eve right like Mm -hmm. she grasps for the for the the pomegranate she grasps for the forbidden fruit and then we read in in philippians right like jesus christ who didn't grasp at at uh at being being god like he came and became a slave became like one of us like i think that that thing is um do we let ourselves be in god's grip or are we grasping at something to save us you know Mm -hmm. or if we're drowning (laughs) Do we raise our hands and go, save me, Lord, or do we fight it? Fight it, you know? Let's keep diving there. It's yeah. the, it is. It comes down to the gospel. Do we actually believe this? Yeah. That he actually loves us, that he would have actually come and died for if it was just me. Yeah, right? I mean, like that's that's really, we, we, we pretend the hard part of Catholicism is how hard it is to love God. And the reality is that this love strong enough to make a universe is all aimed at me. 
And that's the really uncomfortable part of this. Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true because you got to yeah. comprehend that, that. My father just loves me. And it's not because of what I do. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that sometimes you talk about this unconditional love and it hits some Catholic ears as if it sounds Protestant. It's like you're, you just missed the point of Catholicism, dude. Hmm. You know, it, it read Ephesians chapter 2 and uh, you didn't earn it. You can't boast in it. You can't earn it. And just apply this to human relationships. My wife has never said, Chris, I love you. And her in response, well, of course, I earned it. Yeah. Right? I did the dishes tonight, duh. <laughs> like, you can't earn even a human's love. How could you earn eternal, perfect, infinite, divine love? You can't. You have no power to do that. It's a free, unmerited, unmeritable gift. Uh, and, and you could grow in it, and that's where merit comes in, right? But the thing you're growing in is a gift, that's just given to you because your father just loves you. Oh, man. Put, put that with your kids, too. Yeah. I don't love them because right. they did something. I love them because they're mine. It makes me emotional just to, because I think there's this difference of, do we minimize who God is? Yeah. You know, do we put him in a box sometimes? But when you really comprehend in that way, it's infinite. Yeah. You can't measure it. And this is the exact the exact difference between paganism and Christianity and, and distilled perfectly in Catholicism, right? Is this idea that temples are built to earn, to earn the, the favor of the gods, but churches mm. are built in thanksgiving for the favor that was freely given. Oh, so, so Peter's is built because God loved us, not because we want, we have to try to earn it, mm. oh. you know? And then, and then in Catholicism, this is, this comes to a, a beautiful point in epiphany in the mass Right. We don't attend mass because we got to get our, our points in this week. We attend mass out of Thanksgiving for the fact that he loves us without condition. And that's proven perfectly in the Eucharist where the God of the universe, the God who breathed the stars, becomes even more humble in the form of what looks like bread and wine to us and enters into us like and and that's how we say thank you is by letting him do that. <laughs> you know, like I mean, the Eucharist means thank you. Exactly. It means right? Thanks. Yeah. And uh, that's the center of Christian worship is just thanks. And I think of the psalm, what what return shall I make to the Lord for the good he's done for me? I will take the cup of salvation. What return, uh, what's, what's the greatest way to say thank you for love is just to receive the unmerited love. And this is the heart of Catholicism. This is the heart of Christianity. And this is not just split in hairs. We don't do all this stuff so that we will earn love. We do this as a response to love. And if we don't get that right, that's literally a different religion. It's a condemned heresy, Pelagianism, Jansenism, yep. and it's the most unattractive idea ever. And a lot of people conceive of Catholicism in this way, and this is why a lot of people aren't interested. You know, that, what is this? Is about uh, the ability to be with the conditionally loving Father forever? That's actually hell. That, that doesn't <laughs> sound like heaven to me. Yeah, you know, that's that's Zeus, that's that's Saturn, that's yeah, that's the, every, the enemy is, religion. The yeah. enemy has tricked us. Yeah, and we've, we've all seen... Um, well, one of the awesome experiences of fatherhood is that you get to experience a little of this in yourself, in all your imperfections, mm -hmm. that you would die for your kids without, without second thought. I, I share this story very frequently uh, when I'm preaching that my, my son, once when he was four, was lost in the woods, and uh, he, we couldn't find him, and he wouldn't move as we were screaming his name. He's sitting down amidst these trees, and I ran to this pond because I thought he must have drowned. And this prayer just exploded from my heart in this, as I'm looking for his body. We thank God we found him and he's okay. Um, 
But I just said, Lord, you've done so much good for me and you've given me a great life and I want you to take everything back and give me my son right now. Hmm. Because next to my son, everything else accounts for nothing. Hmm. And in that moment, I could just see the father looking down at me saying, yeah, that's how I see you, Chris. That's really, that's really hard to Let actually that accept that. for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's beautiful. And there's so many examples I think our kids give us when it comes to yeah. the Father's love for us. I, I was just sharing a story recently. Uh, I, this was five, six years ago. My daughter was at college, uh, and I, I know exactly where I was on the highway, and she, she had only been at college about a month, and she called, and I know exactly where I was driving home, and I answered kind of in a panic, like, Sophie, are you, are, hey, you okay? What's going on? Her, her response right away was, hey, Dad, I just wanted to hear your voice. Wow. And it reminds me of the prayer. Like, oh, I think beautiful. sometimes we have to have a rehearsed prayer or we have to have a grocery list. Mm. I think the Father just wants to hear from us. I learned so many things from both of my daughters about how God that. looks at us, too, that that can be prayer sometimes. Like, mm. it goes back to that quote I was uh, reciting earlier from Grace, get alone with God till you're not alone anymore. Prayer can just be in the, the classroom of silence, adoration, church, home, wherever it may be, and it can be beautiful just to be silent. I think that's the foundation of your whole grip thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, to, it's to make sure you have enough of that time in silence. How, how do we start being real with other people? Well, sit down in prayer, and instead of saying a lot of stuff to God, maybe just think of your father looking at you and just sit there. Maybe f- spend five minutes doing that. I love praying the Jesus prayer, breathe in Jesus, breathe out mercy. And I just do that for five, ten minutes till I'm just with him. You know, how, how do you pay attention to your own heart's desires as it says, I want more stuff? Which it's always going to say that because your heart's dumb. We're never going to be satisfied, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we're made for something that nothing in this world can fulfill. That's fulfill. it. Right. But, but if you don't spend time in quiet contemplation, you won't even know that your heart's desiring the wrong things because you don't even know what it's desiring because you're thinking without thinking about what you're thinking and you're willing without willing to will. And you just go through life on this autopilot. Shut up, sit down, be quiet with your father. You'll start to hear what's going on inside of you. I mean, all, all this stuff is has this, the foundation in that, that unearned love, that silence, that relationship with the father. Abide in me. This is everything, man. So, uh, Chris, on our first podcast, we challenge men to pick one of these letters and to try something, to make a change, to, to take a risk to join a group, to open their Bible, to invest something more, to, to really pray. Um, what is your invitation to the men who are listening to this? What's the one thing maybe, or what's your response to that? How would you, how would you want them to respond to this? Two things are coming to mind. Uh, one, um, make sure that you have that, that quiet time with the father. Mm -hmm. Take literally take five minutes. Okay. Just breathe. Jesus, breathe out. Thank you for loving me. Something like that for five minutes every day. Yep. Right. Uh, and then and then two, after spending time with the father, make sure you spend time with your brothers mm. and do what Jim Beckman did for me when he, he invited me. And he just said, look, uh, can we just meet monthly? I just want some actual fellowship where, where people hold me accountable and I can be honest with them. And we could just check in and see how you doing, because you can hit all four letters on that. You're you're grouping. You might get into the word. You are investing some time in each other. Yeah. And it ultimately can end in prayer. That's or begin it. with prayer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Chris Stefanik just wraps it all up right there with that example. Yeah. Be be intimate. Be real. Lean into that with the Father and with your brothers. Mm. And don't complicate it. Don't worry, am I going to do it right? Just do it. 
and then it'll fi- you'll figure it out. No more letters, Chris. No, Chris no, don't, no more don't letters. add letters. Yeah. Christophanic to Chris Casals. Don't add letters. <laughs> Let's because it's applicable. Yeah. It's, it's actionable. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Hey, we're done for now, uh, but we like to close in prayer. Chris, do you mind leading us in prayer to close? Is that all yeah, right? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Take a deep breath and think of the Lord's presence closer to you than that breath. Lord Jesus, we praise you for your presence with us. We thank you for your love for us. We invite you in. We ask you to be Savior. We ask you to be Lord of our lives. Every time we try to be Lord of our own lives, it doesn't work. So we ask you to be King and Lord of our lives. (laughs) Be the boss of me. (laughs) I pray that you teach us how to follow you. Teach us the path of intimacy with the Father. Give us the courage to be real and intimate with each other. Give us hearts that turn out of ourselves to serve the world. We ask all this because we want joy. And we want joy because you created us for it. So show us the difficult path to actual joy. A joy that begins now and never ends. We say yes to you, Jesus. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was was in the beginning, is now, now, and ever ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Good to be with you guys. Chris, it's been such a blessing, man. Thank you so much for giving us the time. Oh, man, what a a gift. Thanks, man.